welcome to our Fate of Midgard game, Stranded in the Southlands. I'm your Game Master Porter, and we are so excited to play tonight. Let's hear from our team. Hi, I'm Erin, and I play Eleanor Westergaard, who is a beguiling magical slayer with venom in her veins. She also enjoys fantastical facades, the Westergaard family business, and is a lady on a mission. She's currently wearing her negative energy ward and a fancy whip. Oh, she also has four fate points. I'm Tiffany. I play Mira Barkridge. She is a well-meaning, eccentric earthen enchantress. She does not kill. That is her trouble. Uh, her other aspects are horticulture for hire, herbalist hobbyist. She is the caretaker of the figs. She also has blood on her hands, and her two gear aspects are the negative energy ward and the staff of summer flame, currently sitting at three fate points. Hello, I'm Brendan, and I will be playing Yolok, the kobold thief. Yolok is a slippery treasure hunter. Uh, his trouble aspect is getting in is no problem, but mm, getting out. <laughs> Yolok is beneath notice, and currently he is in the void with Meshkenet and Alashra. Yolok has complete dedication to the mistresses, and as always is carrying his masterwork thieves tool, his Marodi stiletto, and he is driven by the King Killer dagger. Currently sitting at uh, five fate points and a nice moderate condition entitled A Door Once Opened, the result of our previous encounter. Speaking of which, last time when we were playing, the team brought the roof down, literally, or at least Mira did. <laughs> so in the night, while they were sleeping in the lovely town with the lantern keepers, um, they had an a nighttime encounter with their bear friend Maloof, who snuck into the uh, the infirmary hut where they were all where they were all staying and tried to steal uh, the King Killer dagger from Yolok. Yolok w immediately woke up and the two of them started fighting, but as soon as Maloof grabbed the dagger, he was possessed by the spirit of Yaxanai inside the dagger. And as the other team members tried to get involved, Eleanor ended up getting possessed by Alashra from the dagger, and it was all sorts of crazy and exciting. And Mira ended up collapsing the building on top of all of them, and I think it ended with Yolok blasting Maloof with void speech, which completely fried him, ending the encounter, but left a door once open hanging over Yolok. And after some wrap-up discussion with the uh, bear folk wise woman, Cola, um, that they'd spent the previous session arguing with, she promptly kicked them out on their butts in the middle of the night, in the Shadow Realm Forest. Yay. So no one got any rest. We are not going to refresh on this session as other as was otherwise intended, so too bad. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So we pick up with all of you in the in the Shadow Forest outside the ring of 
uh, light of lights that that lines the lantern keeper's village, and you are there in the dark, in the quiet, and you can barely see a hint of moonlight coming from the sky through that sort of hazy sky that's always overhead. You can tell there's a moon, there's a little bit of light, but it's pretty dark, and the forest is thick. But above the canopy, you can see the mountain that you were planning to head to, where Cola told you about a cave where she believed the the Kingkiller dagger could be dealt with. But she wasn't convinced you would go do it. So are we just on the outside of the camp? Like, did they, did we just have to gather our belongings really quickly? Or did, like, the bears just throw us out and we don't have our belongings? Like, you have, that... you have your belongings. They didn't, they didn't bodily throw you out, but you were escorted out. So we have all of our stuff. Yes. And now They we're... didn't cook us breakfast. No. <laughs> they didn't give you the gift basket. And now... I'm going to leave a negative Yelp review. <laughs> So it's still the middle of the night. Yes. Um, ooh, I don't know if we should venture out in the nighttime in the Shadow Realm when we can't see and we don't know what's happening. Like, can we just hunker on the side of, like, the edge of the village until the sun comes up? Like, outside their perimeter? Like, literally right outside yeah, their like gate? Yeah, like, right on like, the edge of the we're perimeter. Not, we're not crossing the line. We're not touching you. We're not touching you. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, we're right there, so we're kind of safe. Just in case something nasty comes, we can be like, hmm, nasty thing or angry bears? We'll, like, confuse. <laughs> or we could go back to our original mode of transportation, which was sleeping in shifts and use the carpet to just go as the crow flies. Yeah, we could do that, too. I think I'd rather wait till morning, but... I don't know. What do you guys want to do? All right. Camping out the door it is. Like sleeping outside a stadium waiting for uh, playoff tickets to open <laughs> in the morning. Yep. All right. Y'all slumming it in the forest. Yep. Okay. Sure. Why not? It's scary. There's scary things oh, out there. There are absolutely scary things out there. You are not, you are not wrong. So, um... Sure, if that's what you want to do, that is totally doable. Um, there, when they realize that you're doing that, the uh, they actually do send out a pair of guards who keep their distance and just keep an eye on you. You know, I'm okay with that if the bears are sort of guarding us, but that means they also are guarding the area. Mm -hmm. So that's cool. That actually makes me feel a little better. Got a little free night watch yeah. out of the deal. <laughs> that means we can sleep. <laughs> uh i i think yeah i'm i am uh pretty fired up uh from what was uh you know going on in the camp and i don't think that i managed to get any shut eye or anything like that if anything i'm probably just sort of pacing around and being moody and you know Kind of, kind of bummed it all fell, fell apart this way. Yeah, it kind of sucked. But yeah, regardless, I don't. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not getting any sleep. So 
just kind of gazing around. So I guess, can I, like, do I see anything so happening out in the, in the wilderness? You, you do not see anything, but you definitely get a little spidey sense tingling that, like, someone's watching you, and it's not just the guards. You get that eerie sense, and you don't know if it's the animals or something else, but like you've got, you've just got that feeling. It's not a good feeling. Kind of eerie, and it's real dark out there. You can, you can, you have, you can see better in the dark than these two can. So we still have the Lantern of Shadow Flame, right? You sure do. Um. Mira, uh, may I borrow the lantern for a moment? I need a moment to gather my thoughts. Mira's like fully asleep. You're going to have to like oh, wrench it. I'm like sorry, the... I didn't. I didn't realize she was asleep. I apologize. Oh yeah, yeah. no, uh, no. Okay. I, but but I I'm grab sleeping. the old lantern and start walking away into the into the woods a little bit. Sorry, sorry, uh, Mira. Were were you going to say that? You'd... Oh, I was going to say that she is sleeping, like, cradling it, like Gandalf cradles the Palantir, uh... so you're going to have to close the knot to get it away from me. Okay, well, I I gently shake Mira and, and wake her as gently as I can. I feel like relations between Mira and Yolak are okay. Yolak, what is it? Ah, uh, Mira... May I, may I borrow the lantern for a few moments? I need to clear my head and, uh, I was hoping I could just go for a, a brief stroll in the wilderness. I'll be back in five minutes. How do you know that? Time doesn't pass the way we expect it to. I, Nobody should be leaving alone out to the I woods. Won't, I won't, I won't be out of sight. You'll see the, the light. I, I, I just need to, I need to move a little bit. Go, stay where I can see you. I will come after you. If I see that light go out, I'm coming after you. Oh, she gave you the mom voice. <laughs> All right, I. I he wants to wander out in the dark. That's the best reaction. I'm not, I'm not there going. Is. I am genuinely not going far. I I walk, you know, thirty feet away, and just sort of, I don't know. I'm kind of kicking around the dirt, looking around, just sort of feeling the feelings and trying to sort out my own stuff i mean yeah. it was it was a really kind of chaotic last few hours and you know just need a little time and space uh but i also can't fight this feeling that i do sense that something is out there so just making sure that nothing is immediately lying in wait okay so as you take the lantern and you kind of walk that perimeter, um, the lantern does cast its its pale 
it's pale light and go ahead and uh, give me a focus roll. Uh, zero. Okay. So as you are making that, making those rounds, everything seems in place. You just have an eerie feeling, but okay. you're also pretty, it's also, um, a battle to kind of clear your head because a door once opened Other voices keep the uh, the voices keep talking to you through the doorway, and it seems like the dampening that you had experienced when you entered the shadow realm from the from the dagger seems like that dampening has gone away. Like that, whatever that layer that was buffering you, that buffer is gone. So it feel it feels open and it feels raw. And the voice of the voice of Yaxanai is just crooning gently, steadily in the background as you're walking around. And it's very different because she's actually not. pushing you or arguing or harassing you, which is what a lot of what you've experienced before. She's encouraging you. Can I tell like to do what or no, she's not encouraging any specific course of action other than exactly what you're doing at any given moment. She's, Re give, she's just reinforcing everything you're doing, encouraging, applaud, not applauding. That's far too exuberant. Just. Um, Can I understand her? Oh, yes. It's verbal. Sorry. I'm, uh, so it's. Things, it's things along the line of, oh, that's a good idea. Absolutely. Yes. Good. Good. You're so smart. Such a clever kobold. And just that, and it just continues. It just goes. It just, go, it becomes this drone. And it's this low key. It's, it's, it's gentle enough that it, it starts turning into this background hum going on inside your head, but it's really hard to clear your head as you're walking around because she's there and you can't, you used to be able to like shut it down and it's really difficult. Okay. Well, uh, true, true to my word. I, I can't clear my head. Can't see anything. Now I walk back mm -hmm. and, uh, and set the lantern down um in in front of Mira. Uh Mira, are you awake or did you fall back asleep? No, I was doing the eye dip thing. The eye dip. Trying to keep an eye on you, but so supremely exhausted that 
it was hard to fully rest until you're back. But the minute you're back, it's okay, okay, good. Back down. So as as she goes back to sleep, I just sort of settle in and kind of squat down and stare into the lantern the same way that one would stare into the embers of a campfire that was sort of glowing. Sure, sure. It definitely gets kind of nice and soothing and a little bit hypnotic. And you totally kind of ease and you start feeling a little more relaxed. And then you realize that Yaxai is like singing you this creepy lullaby. Ooh. And it just kind of ruins the whole Ooh. zen that you had going on for a while. And this kind of messed up not being able to rest thing kind of goes on for the rest of the night. Yeah, sure. And you always have this feeling of being watched. It just feels... But again, there's always been this weird presence uh, in the forest. Like, the forest is alive. There's all these animals with eyes that are just way too big for their heads. There's It's just a weird place. It's, it's real hard to know what's going on. But eventually, morning does come. And Eleanor and Mira, actually, at least they didn't get a full night's sleep, but at least you got, you know, a power rest. Better than definitely better than nothing. And it is, you know, morning in the Shadow Realm, which is to stay still gray and hazy and unpleasant. But it's morning. It's way better than the middle of night. And there's the mountain in the distance so i think we start kind of loading up the carpet getting ready for for mobilizing or at least let me speak for myself mira stands up and just starts checking provisions finding some trail mix for breakfast handing out handfuls of nuts and berries for <laughs> for everyone to kind of start the day as just sort of like a well let's hit the road gesture of like this is it huh but kind of like with the solemnness of like well here we are this isn't what we intended to do today but it's inevitable i guess the sooner we get gone the sooner we'll close it up at the same time you're doing that, the guards who've been watching you all night, there's a you can see that they're getting changed out with a fresh set. I reach into my pouch and I find just my, like a, nothing flashy. I'm not picking anything out specifically, just a nice little seedling. And I kind of grow it in my hand just to, you know, germinate it a little bit. And, um, and I offer it and I say, I hope you can give this to Kola and Maloof would be able to enjoy it during his time of healing. And please be sure to thank, thank her again for all of your hospitality and my deepest apologies for the way things happened. One of them kind of what the one on the right, who's kind of a grayish 
colored bear scowls. But the one on the left, who's a bit more, he's got kind of a reddish tone. He seems a bit younger, smaller. He's not as, uh, he's not in, uh, as, as much armor. He actually steps forward and takes it from you. And this is a kind gesture. I'll make sure Maloof and Kolo receive it. But it's daylight. You should probably go. But we uh, thank you. And he, he nods down to the little flower or the, the little plant. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. And, and we appreciate everything that your community has done for us. You won't hopefully see or hear from us again. I just had to issue my thanks. Stay in the light. And I give a nod and turn around to go. Very nice. He turns, he turns his back to you and it seems like he probably is setting it down on something back in his, their area back there. So, okay. What do you do? How are you heading to the mountain? As the crow flies, I think, I think maybe we're not as agile in the air with three of us as we know, but I think it's the fastest way to go and it's the best vantage point we've got. That is an option you have that you wouldn't have had if you had Maloof with you, so. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, I think given the circumstances without proper, you know, wilderness knowledge and defense, as we had planned on him providing, I think that uh, that's the way to go. Okay. All right, so you all pile onto the poor carpet, which can carry all three of you, and does, but it's slow and kind of sluggish, but it makes it, it slowly gains its altitude as you're moving forward and eventually gets you up to a decent height and and is able to kind of proceed on its way. So it takes a while, but eventually you do reach the mountain. Um, and as you are flying over the forest canopy, there's just that feeling, and it's a weird feeling of this forest that you're just, there's eyes on you and it's hard to, you never see anything, but this forest is weird. It's very, it always feels very present. And if you get the sense that it's annoyed that you rose above it. But eventually, you're able to reach the mountain. And since you're up in the air, you're able to do it without significant incident. And as you reach the mountain, it takes a while to orbit. It takes a while to kind of explore. We're going to say that since you don't have a guide anymore, you don't know exactly what you're looking for, but you have a sense of things and you're able to do it from the air, that it pretty much takes the day for you to reach it, for you to explore, for you to circle around, but eventually you do find a large 
cave tunnel that from the initial angle that you saw looked just like a divot in the mountain. But as you shifted your angle, as you're kind of circling around the space, suddenly you realize that it actually looks like it's going back. It's just going back on a steep angle that made it look like a little divot in the mountain rather than a cave. But once you get the right angle, you see a large cave and it's, it's big. Like the tunnel itself is probably a good, 12 15 feet tall like it's it's pretty tall i don't want to hear anything from the geologist in the house no comment <laughs> hey man lava tubes can be weird lava tubes can be weird all right so oh so volcano is it it is so uh, very Does it look like a tunnel. mountain of like doom or something <laughs> it does not, in fact, look like a mountain of doom. It is, however, a fairly ominous peak in its, like, landscape, because there isn't a ton of other peaks around it. So, maybe volcano? Uh, yeah, that, that, them's a volcano! <laughs> <laughs> Says the geologist. <laughs> Alright, so, um, takes a big chunk of the day. Spend a long day in the air, but relatively simple. Are you going to press on into the uh, press on into the tunnel now? Do you want to wait till the next morning? What do you want to do? It is on the crest of early evening, and you spend a day kind of exploring around. I think finding shelter is key, and I think the mouth of the tunnel, where we have like a quick escape route, if something were to come at us from the inside would be fine. We don't want to press on deep into the mountain at night, but probably sort of on the, like at the entrance is a good place to post up for shelter. So you want to camp overnight in the mouth of the tunnel? Uh, could I please inspect around this entryway to the cave and see if I see any footprints or tail marks or uh, claw marks or things of that nature that would indicate that someone or something is going into and out of this entryway on a regular basis? Yeah, totally reasonable. And in fact, you see... No sign of any anything coming in or out anytime recently. Um, and in fact, you see some other signs that seem to give you the impression that the local the local fauna like avoid this thing. Hmm. It's a good sign we should just go in. Right? I don't see any evidence that would suggest that there's any advantage in exposing ourselves on this mountainside. If we need to rest the night, then we should find a place uh, for shelter inside the mouth of this cave. I think we should just press on. The oasis is waiting at the other side. No time like the present. Let's go. All right. So, you head on down into the tunnel. It is a very large lava tunnel. Very tall. 
and it immediately from the mouth kind of winds to the right and then <clears throat> starts curling down kind of corkscrewing a bit curves to the left and a further ways down you probably walk down the tunnel probably a good 10 minutes little bit of scrambling involved here and there but it's it's large it is and you are now at the point where it's entirely pitch black but you have the lantern and it's casting its its pale light which is not very warming and not very colorful but allows you to see where you're going and eventually you reach a cave and as you walk into this cave, you can tell that this cave is enormous. And the reason you can tell that it's enormous is that down in the sort of center, the belly of this cave, is this large pool of bright, shimmering, silver light. It all, it looks like molten silver, liquid, that liquid tension around the edges, like a blob, a giant thing of silver blob, like maybe like mercury, sitting in the center of the cavern for several hundred years. And it provides a gentle illumination across this cavern, which lets you see that up above you, it opens up into a very large, spacious cave. Here and there, there are columns where stalactites and stalagmites have connected, creating solid columns. Other, other areas, you've got stalactites poking down. I have no idea if I'm using the right words. Stalactites hang tight. Oh, good. Thank you. you. Come down. And I realize that I'm probably mixing Stalactites one type of rock with, with the igneous setting. It's probably inappropriate. And I'm just going to just go with me. Erect we're in a volcano. <laughs> yeah. With stalactites. Yeah. Oh, stalactites. Well. oh, well. Does that happen? Probably not. It does in the shadow realm. <laughs> Woo! They're, they're fantasy stalactites. Fantasy stalactites. There we go. All right. But that is all not terribly interesting because what's interesting is that in the middle of the room <laughs> is this puddle that looks like molten silver just sitting there glowing. Is Yax and I still encouraging me? Has she stopped or changed her tune at all? Actually, through the day, she backed off a bit. She kind of kept it up through the night, making sure that you didn't get a good, a good rest. Through the day, she kind of backed off. Now that you actually see the, the pool, you hear this rise of hubbub coming from the dagger very similar to when you were in the ghost river and mm. the it, it feels like all these voices inside start reacting this is more like a 
mass murmuring of, of, of worry and concern. It's definitely reacting to the lake. Well, Eleanor, are you certain that this is the correct course? We can never know what is the right and the wrong answer. We can only go with what we feel. And I feel that that dagger is bad. I feel that it is a gateway. It's trying to open something to the void. And we know that this is somewhere we can get rid of it. Yolak, we want you to be back to... to you. I don't want you to have this thing hanging over you and trying to possess you and control you. Mira, are you convinced this is still the correct course of action? I am. Go, Mira! It's... And I start walking towards the puddle. As you start walking to the puddle, you hear a different voice. A voice that's been particularly quiet for a long time. It's the voice of Gabriella. Zolik? Ooh, killed her and she's pleading yolak yolak don't stay away from the pool they want to take it from you they're trying to take it from you you are bound with us don't you understand what will happen if you part from us your soul is in here as much as mine is. Don't. Do. And suddenly her voice is cut off by an entirely different voice that booms through all three of y'all's heads. Oh. Why have you come to my tomb? No! As... El Eleanor, like, spins around. She's got her whip out. She's got her dagger, like... What is this? Sure. So as you've walked down into the cave a bit further, you suddenly are able to see a pair of enormous skeletal feet poking out from a rock. Those feet are connected to a pair of giant legs that are connected to the rest of a giant skeletal body propped up against a boulder. Lying there for centuries are the bones of a giant with scraps of clothing that has long since faded, an enormous staff that looks like a pipe that would run up the side of a building. And on his chest is an amulet, probably the size of your head, gleaming like a mirror. And again, the voice booms in your head. Who are you? The stench of the void is all around you. Be gone from here, you foul servants of the great nothing! We've come here to destroy the void. Who are you? Show yourself. How, sorry, how far am I from the pool at this point? You are probably still a good, like, oh, 20 feet. 
And so we're clear, this voice is echoing, but the skeleton is not animated. Not yet. Okay, but so, but so far as we had, yeah, seen, yeah, yeah. So like, far, this is just sort of like we could have be hearing, we could be hearing this from a ghostly PA, but the skeleton yeah. has not stood up to issue these words. Correct. I just want to remind us all. Remember when we talked about going to the shadow realm and piloting a Jaeger <laughs> through the shadow realm? Suddenly, the eyes in the skull of this it. giant oh. light up with a deep blue flame tinged with little flecks of silver. I am Yamaka Lota, the mirror maker. This is my tomb, and I guard it still. What has brought you here? Nothing moves, nothing happens. The fire in the lights in the eyes of the skeleton, but nothing moves. You are hearing this like voice reverberating inside your head. All right, I am. I am like doing the uh, the the sneaky walk, the 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 kind of walk that's like it's slow, trying to make it look like I'm not advancing towards the pool, but I'm sure. absolutely advancing towards the pool during this. Whatever's going to happen next. I'm advancing towards the pool and not saying anything. Yamako Lota, uh, your stories and tales of your greatness precede you. Um, we, we had heard tell of your triumph over the void dragon in this very pool. And it is with your success and sacrifice that we have decided to follow and rid this realm of another vestige of the void itself. There is a weapon that we hope to dispose of and leave you to your rest. We hope not to disturb. We mean only to destroy that which you stand against. Noble words. Yolak, as you're approaching the pool, the surface is so smooth and reflective, and as you get close, you see your own reflection. You are very close. So the pool, just for vi your visuals, it doesn't sit on the ground like water. It rises above like a droplet, a thick droplet of almost of like syrup consistency. So it has this like surface that curls around and probably a good six inches thick off the ground that you can see. As you as you get close to it, Yolak, you see your own reflection. And you realize for the first time that you look different than the last time you looked in a mirror yourself. You look really ragged. Your eyes look really sunken and weary and your whole everything about you just looks tired and desperate and then you realize something else the last time you got a good look at yourself in a mirror was you when you were in the tomb 
and you leapt through a mirror to travel. And in fact, you just realize that the surface of those mirrors, those magical mirrors, look exactly like the surface of this pool. Noble words and hopefully noble actions. And I dive in to the mirror. With your whole body? Into the pool? You don't cast you it in? You throw it. You just throw the dagger. I cannot be willingly separated from the dagger. As you leap forward, you are frozen in flight. <laughs> and you feel, <laughs> you feel the pull from your hip where the dagger sits. And you feel a tug pulling you backwards. Eleanor and Mira, here's what you see. Yolok leaps to dive into the pool. Suddenly, you see a black bolt of energy shoot out from the dagger back on, on the back of his hip to a rock sitting in the cave. A large, smooth, ovalish rock. Yolok, you suddenly feel yourself hurtling back and the, your, and your back crashes into a stone. Hard. And you hear a crack. Eleanor and Mira, the rock that he crashes into, you see a little fissure run up the rock and a deep eldritch purple starts seeping out from the crack. <laughs> it's not a rock! It's not a rock! And the voice of Yamako oh, no! Lota reverberates in your head. No. Oh no. I missed one. And the rock, the fissure runs all the way around the rock and it separates. Oh, it's a void dragon. And the, the, you realize now the rock was indeed an ancient void dragon egg that separates and out from the egg shoots up into the cavern, glowing with a sickly purple light, the, a strange tube-like worm on wings of shadow, and it soars around the room. And as it soars around, you see at the tip of the head a maw of like a circular worm of fangs all around in 360 degrees, gripping and tasting a long sinuous tail. And as its wings beat, the stalactites around it melt. Just like the beast that you saw back in Coromel that warped the space around it, so does the dragon. Roll for initiative. <laughs> uh, negative three on the dice. Whoa! Zero. Whoa. Are we rolling with fast? Yeah. Yep. 
Mirror's got a four, y'all. Whoa! <laughs> How does the dragon roll? Am I going first? You? Oh, sorry. Yes. You have a four. You may go first. Dragon will go okay. next. Um, does Yamaka Loda say anything when the dragon is emerged? Once it's once it's once it's hatched. Anything like aim for its weak spot, which is its right eye, <laughs> or any words of wisdom, or any insight we could gain. Attack it with blood magic. Uh, it's an automatic crit, or you know, anything <laughs> like that. Not, not to you. Ah, oh, bummer. How big is the dragon? Like, so is it a baby dragon or is it's, it like a big dragon? Oh, it's a baby dragon. It's probably imagine it's it's about the size of like a horse. Okay. Well, um I have a technical question. Yes. Because Mira's whole thing is plants. Yep. But technically she is a wizard with land specialty. She is, yes. You have you have capability with, with earth. You specialize in plants. Earth is in your realm, though, so yes. Does, can... um, so are we talking, like, does the mountain itself that's made out of rock, Yeah, yeah. is that, like, elemental rock and kind of adjacent to my wheelhouse, or is this, like, I could commune with the very surface of the cave itself? You, you can definitely commune with the Earth. You probably, you can't particularly, like, make an earthquake, for instance, but hmm. you can, you have done things where you like shift earth around. Mm -hmm. um, loose earth is a lot easier than, than hard stone, but mm -hmm. um, you can, you can work with earth and rock, but let, but, you know, keep in mind earth is not your, or, you know, like working with rock and stone is not your specialty. So. But, now, yeah. uh, quick, uh, quick out of character moment here. Hi, sure. this is Brendan. I'm a geologist. Uh, <sighs> It might be important to know that the Earth is, in fact, made of rock uh, and uh, volcanic soil, uh, if this is indeed a volcano, uh, happens to be some of the most fertile soil on the planet. Hey. So if you were trying to, say, grow something in volcanic soil or, uh, you know, similar, then that could be useful. All right. Thanks. Remember Sounds Moana good. and Tafiti when she, like, comes back? <laughs> Yeah. Lava monster from Takah, uh, and then all of a sudden, like, whoosh, she touches it, and, like, the rainforest springs forth. Absolutely. I'm I all think Mira it. can do whatever she wants. I'm all for yeah. it. So yeah. So, I'm one, we're in, a, we're in a lava cave with a time-space dragon. I'm one dice roll away from a rainforest. How cool is there that? <laughs> yeah, hell of a good dice roll. <laughs> yeah, right? I got a 14. That's weird. Um, okay. Um... So a bit of a bit of the landscape around you. So imagine the cave you're in kind of divided into four quadrants with the pool in the center of it, okay? So the quadrant you're in has the uh the giant's body and the large egg rock and kind of the main path leading up that you came down. Okay? Um as well as kind of a large rock that was shielding the giant until you passed it. So consider that behind you. To your left is a uh, an, an area that's more like a, a a bit more of a boulder field, large chunky rocks that could be hidden behind 
could be maneuvered around, um, could be climbed up upon like large rocks. In um, the, we'll, so we'll call it top left quadrant, you've got um, a lot of stalag a lot of stalactites and stalagmites, some connected, some not. And then in the other, in the final quadrant, um, you have a large shelf that kind of rise, rises up that goes up much higher into the uh, the cave space with a path that looks like could be uh, kind of scrambled up. Okay. Um, and you said that Hyomakaloda skeleton is still wearing a medallion and clutching a staff? There is a staff lying next to him that is enormous. You definitely could not move it. Okay. But possibly channel it. Mmm. Living help? It's in the room. It's equipment. Possibly. We can access. Possibly. What do you want to so, try? So I think before the aggression starts and before I need to start making hasty moves, felling boulders and such, um, I call out to the openness of the chamber to, I guess, implore Yamakaloda and I'd say, well, it looks like we're going to finish this job one way or the other. So is there... Is there any way we could utilize your tools that seem to be more on the scale of what we're dealing with? Could we put anything to use that you used last time so successfully? You I'm hear very good with staffs. Take my hand. <laughs> she <Yeah>, does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She grabs like a finger bone, like a parcel <laughs> or oh, whatever the finger bones are called. Yeah, like a baby finger holding the so when you when you go to his hand, he his uh you're able to um you suddenly find yourself facing in your mind the very soft face of an old man with gray skin and a sort of light bluish beard. And he kind of guides your hand out to touch his staff. You open your eyes and you are touching his skeletal hand with one hand and his staff with the other. And you can feel thrumming deep in that staff. You can't point it, but sure, yes. Um, if you can, uh, you, you think you can possibly tap into his uh the power of his staff you're not sure what this staff does but it has a deep reservoir of ancient power okay so it might be useful as a battery okay i'm going to translate that into game terms um create advantage that would come with some extra scale okay you now have the option uniquely among this group of creating advantage with focus in order to um, uh, 
tap into the power of his staff, which would build up free invokes that you can use for your other spell casting. This is how wizards build their power. They build their spell casting focus. And you can build it, tapping into his staff, and it will come with some extra scale juice. Okay. So I would like to um I guess since both my hands are occupied, I got one hand on his staff, holding his bony finger hand with the other, and I guess with my foot, tap the ground, and I want to just sorry, strategic- sorry, let me clarify. You cannot do this and another spell casting action. What you can do is build power. Oh, okay. So what I'm doing is basically like readying Yes. A power up for whatever my next turn is. Correct. Got it, got it. Okay, okay. So I'm just rolling focus and whatever I roll now, I can add to my action on my next turn? No, so you're making a create so what you'll do is a create advantage with focus. Difficulty will be two. Okay. And if you succeed, then you build up one free invoke, possibly two if you succeed with style. Those invokes will come with scale. Got it. Okay. All right. So I'm rolling. Here we go. Oh, Uh-oh. Uh, that is a one. Ooh. Net one. So. That's a bummer. Yeah. Okay. So. All spell casting comes with risk. So you can take steps to fix that if you don't want to, just like when we do um, other stuff, uh, when you're doing other spell casting. Probably doesn't feel appropriate for a wild magic event to come out of this type of just raw building, but just taking one point of stress as a as a backlash as you're trying to connect to this unfamiliar source of power. And it slips through your as it slips through your fingers like you're trying to trying to rein in like a like a wild horse that you're you're trying to connect with. Okay, I am going to be very precious about my face point fate points. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to take a stress and just say that like she's just really trying super hard to connect to this thing, and it's just like a single nosebleed, like a single trickle, just like gosh, she's focusing and it's taking everything. And it's taking a toll. So the the uh, the experience that she's having as she's trying to f- share her her energy reaches into the staff is it's it's like standing on a on an enor- this enormous slippery glassy surface and trying to hold on to a a thing on the other end of a line like a like a, a horse or. A, a dog that's just pulling and you are sliding and slipping you can't find your footing so have you ever there. touched an electrified fence <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound yeah fun. it's not fun i've done it twice <laughs> and it feels like every bone in your body is shifting at exactly the same moment ouch i imagine it's like that all right so the dragon arcs around and is looks like it's trying to it's 
finding its its uh, its wings. This is the first time it's uh, it's ever been, and it's flapping around the room, and it arcs through two of the two of the other spaces, pulling a full circle around the room, and is now pointed right where all of you currently are in the room. And that is its turn as it arcs around the space. Okay. Eleanor, I think you were next. Should I try to cloak uh, the pool or shrink the dragon? Shrink that dragon. Shrink the dragon. Okay, well, we're going to shrink the dragon. Let's shrink the dragon. Okay. I'm rolling for clever. Because it's very clever to shrink a dragon. Wouldn't you agree? I like I like how you're like as as the game goes on. It's no longer asking, "Can I roll clever?" It's no, this is clever. <laughs> That's where we're at. How'd we do? We got a three. Yeah. No. Woo! With a fate point, taking it up to five. So oh. it is. Oh, fantastical facade. What I do, I uh, shrink save, dragons. Save your fate point. <laughs> save your fate point. As you reach, as your as your power reaches out to to uh, try and twist its form, that is like trying to mold gelatin. There's just it's a completely different thing that you cannot. Shape. We need a jello mold friends you if you could find the right jello mold but yeah it slip it slips through your your Ooh. your magical fingers keep your fate point like ooblek ooblek is that the name of the dragon ha <laughs> it is now it was just born so i guess we get to name it now ooblek <laughs> this dragon's name is steven <laughs> Well, I guess that's my turn. I sit there and try to shrink it and do nothing. But you all, you get a sense it is, it's physical reality. It is, it is actually physically there, but it is so weird. You would have had the same reaction if you had tried to shift, uh, uh, shape change on the, uh, the monster back in Coromel. I think I did try to do that. I don't, I don't actually think you did, but. Same result. Okay. Well, uh, the end. Okay. Yolak, you are you're you are on the ground sitting with your back against a broken dragon egg ne- near the uh the skeleton of Yamakalota. Okay. And you hear his voice in your mind. Are you here to vanquish the void? I am here for the same reason that I have been anywhere, and that is to keep my mistresses safe. What sort of conviction is that? (laughs) Time dilates around Yolak. Yeah, uh, (laughs) sorry, sorry. Um, that's such a foolish question. 
Yamakalota, if you were truly as wise as the story we were told suggests, you would know that love is the most powerful of all convictions. What are you here to do? We came to destroy the dagger, to protect the world from the void. The dagger? What dagger? Is this like all happening in my head? It is all happening in your head, yes. In a a frozen moment, so like... I just see a frozen dragon and... This is happening uh, at the speed of thought. Yeah, okay. So it's not like the dragon is moving because if if the dragon's moving, (laughs) it's an important fish to fry. Um, uh, The the Kingkiller dagger. All right, Yolok, you get blasted by this montage of images of Yamakalota in his life. And the Temple of Thoth Hermes and Yaxanai alive and a cult that she was rising. And Yamakalota partnering with the rest of the Church of Thoth Hermes to trick her into the tomb where she ended herself. And all of these images flash in front of your in your brain and you connect a whole bunch of dots. And it ends with Yamakalota putting in place the mirrors in the tomb of Thoth Hermes. And you hear him say, Mirrors to travel. Mirrors to spy. Mirrors to remember. Mirrors to forget. Mirrors to rule the world. Mirrors have power, Kobold, if you are brave enough to look in them. In your mind, the the living version of Yamakalota is reaching out a hand, looking for you to take it. And suddenly, you snap back into the moment reality, and you realize there's a dragon flying at you that you probably need to, like, move around. But, there there is an offer from Yamakalota. If you will take his hand, he will help you. But, there is a dragon pointing at you any moment now. So, so sorry. There, he, he's, he's just like holding out his hand, like he was holding out his hand to Mira, like grab my, grab my finger, pull my finger, kind of deal. Um, you get the sense that there's a bit more at stake there. Uh, okay. Well, yeah, I grab his hand and pull myself up out of the egg goop, out of the purple egg goop, uh, okay. covered in, uh, covered in 
Void Dragon Empire. <laughs> you. All right, give me a uh, focus roll difficulty two. No better than me. No better than me. Uh, okay, I got a zero on the dice and a focus of two. So okay. a tie. All right. So here is what happens. You um, are able to take his hand and you feel yourself merging with Yamakaloto. But it's going to take the rest of your turn. But next round, you will get to be in control of Yamakalota's remains. Sweet. But it's going to take a round in which you are sitting still. Eleanor and Mira, you see Yolok gripped by a silvery light coming out of the pendant on Yamakaloda's chest. And Yolok's body kind of float is slowly, too slowly, given everything that's going on, sort of floating through the air. And he starts turning and he starts settling into the rib cage of Yamakalota. You wanted your Jaeger. I did. <laughs> okay. Mira. It's back to you. Wait, don't I get to choose? Oh. We haven't been yeah, doing popcorn. We haven't, but now that we've got through that first round, sure, Yolak, go ahead and popcorn. So, Eleanor and Mira, do we want the dragon to go early or late? Early. Early? I was thinking early, too. Yeah, I give it to the dragon. Yeah, go All right. to the dragon. So, as Yolok's silver-lined body is starting to settle into the, the, into the skeleton, the dragon arcs around and is soaring towards your, your area in the cave and does this sort of inchworm contraction of its, of its tubular head and then it thrusts forward and this gray sickening miasma blasts out from the its tubular mouth and everything in the area around you warps so everyone please roll your own personal resistance against a negative one on the dice but oh rats <laughs> he has a bold of three with epic scale so that is going to be a five to resist the aspect torn reality on you. And so everyone can resist individually with either focus or bold. 
Here we go. Got to hit a a five. You said oh, a five. Does sorry. Does the epic scale add three? Yes. So I've got <sighs> a negative one. A negative one. That is going to be a success with style from. So this will that will create. He's creating advantage. He's not attacking. Yes, a negative one. Okay. Mira got the five. Mira got the five. Okay. Focus is three and two on the dice. That's nice. Wow. So, um, in that case for Mira, um, we will say that uh, there's a he'll he'll get he gets a boost, but no aspects. Uh, I got a. F- Three, that's a plus one on the dice, and a two in focus, that's three. Okay, so that's just a regular success. So here's what we're looking at if no one changes anything. Mira does not get affected by Torn Reality, um, but he'll get a simple boost. Yolok will be affected by Torn Reality with one aspect. Eleanor... One invoke? Or sorry, one invoke. Thank you. Eleanor will be affected by Torn Reality with two invokes. Okay. All right. All right. Does anyone want to change those results? No. Okay. So, this his breath washes over the space around you, and each of you feels, in different measure, your, your body twist bend mira for you you it feels like an itch a scratch hair pulling for yolok it feels like a a a rolling your ankle and being turned uh, uh turned on your side for eleanor you are completely spinning in a in a in a warping around you the ground ripples and shifts around you as well the very space you're standing on is twisting and the dragon keeps soaring around the cavern yeah. the dragon will popcorn things to eleanor okay eleanor being affected by the aspect on your turn, you immediately take a one a two shift attack that you can resist again with uh, bold or focus again. But a, a two shift attack is coming at you, and I'm telling you all now: if you are affected by the aspect torn reality, that will re- that will happen on each of your turns until we're not affected by until it. Until you are not affected by it. Okay, that's a uh, three. If I give a fate point... A three wins. Oh. A three wins. Okay. Okay. I've got three. So, um, three wins. It is going to use one of the invokes to make it a four, which means you take one shift of stress. Oh, is that it? Okay. Okay, cool. All right. I'll take stress. Okay. Eleanor is going to veil... The skeleton of the cloud giant. Ooh! Nice! Ooh. 
Okay. And all the contents within. All the contents. The whole thing. She sees Yolok going in. She knows, like, I mean, she doesn't know exactly what's going to happen, but she knows there's something magical going on. She can hear some of the voices. And she's like, we gotta, we have to veil the skeleton so the dragon can't see what's going on. I'll buy that. Okay, difficulty three. Mm, that's a two. So she's going to use a fate point. Okay. She's a lady on a mission. We got to destroy this void dagger. All right. Pay a fate point. That takes it up to four. Okay. All right. That sounds good. Um, yes. So the enormous skeleton and Yolok inside it wink out of sight. Veiled by Eleanor's familiar magic. Mira, it is awfully strange because the the staff is still there and you still feel that finger. Mm. But you can't see it anymore. It's very weird. But you've gotten used to some of this weirdness around Eleanor. You know what I need to learn next mm. is like how to veil things, but we still sort of like see a shadowy outline if we're friendlies. Mm. That's the next stunt. Okay, who is next? Should we pass it to Eleanor? Uh, not Eleanor. Should we pass it to Mira? Yes. Let's do it. All right, so I'm going to try again to power up with the giant staff. Okay. I think we need highly scaled magic for a highly scaled epic beast. So here we go. Rolling again. That is a minus four <gasps> on the dice and roll no. worse. That is a actual failure. Oh. Wow. Ouch. That is, that is unfortunate. Pay a fate point and just redo that. Role. Yeah. At the very least, I owe myself to try because I literally can't roll you worse. Can't do any worse. Minus three on the dice. Okay, what are you invoking? Uh, this is my high concept. She is an enchantress. This is what she does. She focuses, she channels her magic through objects of focus. Okay. It's just a really big staff. And finger. Okay, that's zero on the dice. Um, and my focus is three. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That does. So my my dice did me no favors. Okay, I got the three. So go ahead and give yourself an aspect of of channeled power with one invoke, but that invoke comes with epic scale. So. That means you can gain plus three on an action that you choose to do. Or, sorry, you, you can choose to gain plus three on an action on the initial roll. Or gain plus six on the results if you succeed. 
So if I succeed on my own, I can add plus six. Yes. Basically, it's effectively like weapon two, like when Yolok does weapon damage and stuff. If he's successful, it does extra impact. So you can either do a plus three before you succeed or a plus six after you succeed. Got it. Is what that nets out to. Okay, on my next turn. On any turn you choose to use that stored power. Okay. So you are now oomphed up. So uh, you, the uh, the giant staff glows with energy as the the uh, el the uh, mystical runes that are inscribed on it sort of glow, and you pull some of that power into you and store it in your own staff. So you are, you can take it with you. So I don't have to be holding the, Correct. I don't have to be planted in my spot. I can now take it as a mobile charge. Correct. Excellent. So the only one left is now Yolak to go. Correct. All right. I enter the being. So, Yolak, you feel yourself, it's like a big, like a really big, deep hug with Yamakalota. Aww. And your eyes open, and you're suddenly staring up into the, uh, the cavern above. And you look down, and you see your body. Your body being this enormous skeleton. But you feel, you can also feel this like hazy, ghostly outline of the body that used to be the rest of Yamakalota. And in the heart of that thing is this, this small thing that is also you sitting in this, the, a ball in the chest. And you feel really really strong. Do I need to make a save against the warped reality? So, uh, we'll say as you start moving, we'll say that takes effect. Yes. Okay. I feel like we just captured the Dragon Knight in Heroes of the Storm. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> um... Do I know what Yamakalota's stat line is? Uh, so I... what what we're doing here is uh, what we'll do is rather than you taking on any any other stats, you are still you. You still have your stats, but anything anything aligned to kind of physical might and uh, and power is going to gain epic scale. Oh, this is all right. Yeah, great. This is super duper. But How otherwise, you are still Yolok. How close is this dragon? Um, the dragon is arcing overhead, heading away from you. Can I reach it? No. But you Please. might be able to if you do other other things, but you can't just reach out and touch it. So Yamakalota is about... Let's say uh, 
20 feet tall. He's big. He's big. But he can't reach the dragon from another, from uh, the next zone. Okay. So, it, and if you're my words. Down. I'm sorry? And you're laying down. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I want to, I want to go to the dragon and attack it. That's what I want to do. Okay. Is that, is that feasible given my current position? Probably not, but you can see the direction the dragon is going and could easily put yourself in a position to intercept it. Which would probably okay. be moving over to the, like, the lumpy boulder field zone. All right. Or going and climbing over... up on the, uh, the, the rise zone. One of those two. Yeah, okay. I want to move over to the rise, the rise area. Okay. So... As you start standing up, the as you try to get yourself in this new body, standing up, the the uh, the earth around you shifts and stabs itself at you. So go ahead and give me a difficulty two uh, uh, resistance roll. Your epic scale does not apply here. Sure, and uh, which. What am I rolling? Oh, sorry. With? You can resist with, um, uh, because this is actually more of a, uh, reality attack than a physical, physical thing. It's resist with focus or bold. Okay. It's a minus three on the dice. Oh, ow. Uh,. If I fail that badly, what would happen? Is so, it a two stress? It's or... a two stress hit, but you take the difference. It's like someone, it's as if someone had automatically just rolled two on an attack. So if you're negative three on the dice against a two stress hit, you'll actually end up taking five stress. Five stress. Well, uh, that would be... That would suck. <laughs> that is a lot of stress. Not um, recommended. Yeah, okay. I would like to use my fake point and reroll then. Okay. What are you invoking? Uh, enjoyment of life. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like there should be an aspect created here, like, not with a free invoke or anything, but just, like, a new scene aspect of, that that kind of captures that I'm wearing a Yamaka Lotus suit. Oh, oh, dude, yes, you are, um, you are absolutely right. Shall we call it Epic Bones? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I like Big it. Boned. Big <laughs> yes, uh, you are 100% yeah. right that that is a, uh, that there should be an aspect for that. I agree. Okay. Uh, so I, I would like to invoke that. Uh, okay. Basic, and, and basically, you know, I've been channeling my focus 
during that attack, I was focused so much on getting into the skeleton, and now I am in the skeleton, and thus I can dedicate a little bit more mind power to, you know, this reality warping stuff. Okay. Uh, okay, two on the dice and two on focus, so that's a four. Okay, that's much better. Yes. Okay, all right, excellent. Yeah, you are fine. So you are able to uh, kind of press through the uh, the the shifting reality, and and uh, it what what actually ends up happening is your your own will pushes it back into where it should be. Uh, like it's 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 a con it's a you're realizing that it's essentially a contest of wills between you and the dragon trying to control the the space around you. Are there any other scene aspects that are established here? So each zone basically kind of has its own sort of terrain aspects. So the uh, the one to the I'm going to just use directions. The southwest has the large boulders. The one to the, the one you're in has the, the egg and the bones and the staff and all that stuff. The one to the northeast, directly north of where you are now, you are all in southeast, basically. Um, northeast has the rise, the plateau. And then the northwest has the, stalactites okay. it sounded like you wanted to go to the northeast get to the plateau i want to go to the northeast and get to the rise yes okay all right so that is the move can i do an action as well um, that is your, so in order to do that, because of the torn reality going on all around you, you basically have to over move through obstacles to get to it. So go ahead and give me a, uh, you can do this probably with fast, just kind of pout to speed through it, leaping, jumping, Yolaki type moves. Okay. And it's a difficulty too. Uh, okay, that's a four. Okay. That's a one on the dice and a three fast. All right, you're good. You're able to move across, move across the, uh, um, so you're able to climb and leap and jump over the, the warping reality obstacles and bound your way up onto the platform, onto the, the plateau. So you are on a rised area now and are in a good position, you are now out of the torn reality zone, very notably. Okay. Can I uh, create advantage as my aspect, or as my action? No, because in order to get up there, you had to make an overcome action for your turn, to get out okay. of the zone that you were in with the obstacles. Uh, okay. Okay. So, that is the end of this round. Yolak, who do you want to popcorn to? Um, okay, dragon. All right, so the dragon is soaring around, and it is looping its way back down towards you, and again, it's going to kind of end its turn in the southwest zone over the boulders, and it 
um, it looks at Mira touching the staff and it lets out this awful scream that has the same feeling as the void speech crash that Yolok did the other night. And the the torn reality around Mira, because she's still, even though she wasn't personally affected, she's standing around it, the torn reality around her lashes out at you. So, Mira, you are defending against a... One on the dice, plus three, four attack. As the space around you rips and twists and uh, and tries to stab you with twisted reality. Me? Okay. So am I just rolling resistance against it? Yeah. Or... You're can, I do some, can I get creative about my reaction? So you are defending. So you have to defend with a you're you're in, you're you're resisting here, um, okay. but you can get creative about how you do that. And this is about reality. And what we saw with Yolak is that this is as much about you keeping your own grip on the reality around you as it is. So focus is a viable option here, where it normally is not for defense. Mm -hmm. Oh, focus as a defense. Mira likes this. I know. That's why this I'm calling This is kind of out. her wheelhouse. Um, and a question about my channeled power. So I, I might be getting overeager on trying to use this, but it is adds a plus three before I roll. Correct. Correct. So let's say... I wanted to not just resist the torn reality, but take this like reality shift void intrusion and actually like ricochet it back and deflect it back and direct it at the dragon. That's rad. That is rad. That would, that would, uh, we would work that as shifting to your turn next okay i didn't know if that could make that part of my defense because it would be the same action but maybe no, we could like resolve you may not turn effect. your defense into an offense people always try to do this and no you cannot <laughs> do it okay all right then i i won't use the channel power then i will wait and i will just use my focus to defend as intended here we go Okay. Still my three. Okay. My native three. Native three. Native three. Yeah, my okay. dice do nothing. My dice add up to zero again. Okay. So it's that so good, you, good three. So um, you would take one stress. I am going to add one of my own fate points to that. Oh. Crank that up to a three. And which aspect are you invoking? I'm asking Being invoking the GM. Torn, torn reality. 
So, so does that just increase the it's number just, of stress? I'm I just take? increasing the level of impact. So, how many stress do I take? Three. That's all the stress she's got, folks. Ooh, yikes! Okay, that's a that's a full set of boxes, y'all. Oh, yikers, McGrikers. So that was the dragon's turn. The dragon is in the zone. He's in that southwest zone adjacent to the one you are in. Okay, so the dragon, we'll go ahead and popcorn it over to Mira next. And so the dragon is in the zone adjacent to you. You are in the southeast. He is in the southwest over the boulder field. And it is Mira's turn. So as a result of my failure to resist, I took stress and I have the aspect now of torn reality no, no, no. and I you have to just, overcome it? You, the, the, the aspect of torn reality is on the zone or is also on the zone around you. Okay. So, sorry, to clarify, it's on the zone so he can affect things in the zone you're in. Okay. So Yolok the zone itself. It. Got it. The zone's um, torn reality attacked me, but I still personally resisted it. Yes, he channeled his own attack at you at range via the torn reality. Got it. That is okay. one of his stunts that he's able to do. Okay. So now I would like to take, I would like to channel that. I don't know what it. I don't understand it. Uh, it's just that uh, void shifting reality that has attack power. I want to direct it at the void dragon. So you you have no no talent in redirecting in in shifting void power. Yeah, like this is a whole different set of stuff. Yeah, I'm just hoping I sort of gained enough power up from the wizard who does know a lot about this stuff and has had a lot of experience, probably with this very weapon, that I a little bit of that rubbed off, and I'm just going to try to ricochet a bit of it towards the dragon itself. It's a Hail Mary, but everything in my arsenal has no effect on this guy. What makes you and, say that? Out of curiosity. I mean, firepower doesn't do a lot, and it can warp the very structures around it, so a collapsed boulder landing on its head. That is exactly how you dealt with the creature in Coromel. That's true. I mean, I I sort of incapacitated it. Because, oh, no, that's right. We did the, you, the landslide on top. You <gasps> buried it. It is a that's... physical form. You can stab it. Okay. Okay. Then we'll save. We'll save this power. No, you know what I'm going to do? Here we go. Mira is going to use her channeled power to... Uh, we are in combat, so heat object does not apply. Nope. Well, I can still heat an object. I just don't get the bonus, the out of combat bonus. Correct. Um, she is going to melt the rock in the ceiling of the cave chamber so that 
burning hot lava or sorry for the geology screw up on ah. terms but she is going to rain molten rock upon this void dragon i'm here for it okay that sounds uh that sounds brutal okay so here we go let's start with the dice see what we can add from there that's what i like to see that's a yes. three on the dice Woo! So, since that, so do, am I adding, because I'm using channel power, but I declared it before, mm -hmm. so do I, am I adding three? You, you, so you get to add the normal plus two for an aspect, or for an invoke, sorry. The normal plus two for an invoke, mm -hmm. and then you get to pile on plus three. So you're Ooh. getting to give yourself a plus five. Do I even want to use this? Do I have, yes. like, since I declared it for, so if I do like plus 14, like, does, okay. Yes. Let's see how the math makes out. Okay. So, um, about three on the dice plus five for channeled power. Cause that's two plus an additional three. Yeah. So you add okay. plus five from your, 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 the total package of your invoke is a five is a plus five. Okay. And my heat object is, yes, plus two in combat, plus four out of combat. So plus two. So okay. that's a... 11? No. Three on the dice. Five with the invoke. Eight. Eight. Two more. That ten. would be 10. Okay. All right. That is a 10 for a molten ceiling. Okay. So Rain of lava. The dragon is rolling a three, has its own, for physical physical stuff, has its own epic scale to, to kind of meet up with yours. And so it's going to be basically rolling a plus six, essentially. But I net on the dice and only get a six. So you do... You do four on the dragon. So that is actually going to strike out its stress. Nice. Yeah. That okay. so, is a big move. That was a big move. So as it's flying around, suddenly the ceiling above it melts and, and falls down upon it. And, and, uh, as it's, and strikes its body and its wings and it falters and kind of flips around in the air and keeps, keeps flying, but had, it had a really big effect. You just chewed through all of his stress. That is so cool. That was a big move. Well done, Mira. Okay. Mira, who are you popcorning to? I think Eleanor is going next. I like the order. Okay, so you just rain down lava on him. Are, can I see any stalactites that are like hanging that look opportunistic that I could like, I don't know, <laughs> drop on his head? Um, I'm very open to that possibility in this cave, yes. Um, however, 
Um, first thing first, you you have one more uh, uh, one more two shift attack coming at you. Okay. That's a one on the no. dice. No. <laughs> with, with brutal, so that's a two. Okay, so that's a tie. He'll, it spends its very last invoke to do two more stress to you. Okay, I'll take the stress. And now it's and now it's spent. Okay. So the air you are still in a zone with torn reality, but it's not going to keep attacking you. Okay, I've only got one more stress left till I get a consequence. Okay. Ooh. Okay. So, so is there... there are lots of stalactites. There's lots of boulders. There's lots of things. The how is the question. Hmm. Well, she's got her fancy whip. She does. I, oh man, I'm wondering if maybe I vamp up and I use the whip to like whip it and have it like wrap around one of those stalactites and like swing my body into another one using that thirsty to like break it off and hit it. But that there's like a lot of there's a lot of physics involved in that. And this guy warps physics. So So it seems like it warps things as it's intentionally doing stuff. Mm-hmm. You have seen it can be effective. Yeah. We just saw that with Mira. Correct. And you saw it with the monster in Coromel. Yep. Okay, so I think I'm going to try that. So I'm going to look for a stalactite. I'm going to take my whip. I'm going to whip it around it. I'm going to swing and, like, hurl my body into another stalactite to try to, like, knock it loose to uh, land on its head. Okay. Or wherever, land on it somehow. So you are doing your vampiric, you're, you're going to vamp up. I'm going to vamp up. All right, go ahead and mark a box of thirsty. And I get to erase one per session, right? You do, yes. Actually, you do. You can erase one of your wounds I'm like teetering time. right on the edge. Ooh, okay. I don't know. Okay. Okay, and this is going to be brutal. This is definitely brutal. So I've got a plus three brutal, and then my thirsty gives me a plus two and heroic scale, so another plus three, so I've got a plus six. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna just since you're using heroic scale, the the thing you're describing is possible. Let's just calculate it all as a brutal attack and see how it works out. So I get my plus six with I, the thirsty. Yes, I'm just not I'm not gonna make you roll for the. For all of the stuff leading up to the attack, we'll we'll consider the total the single roll as the like how well does this thing go? Oh, it goes so well. Yes, it does. Wow. That's yes, an, it does. That's an eight. Oh wow. Man. Okay. Alright. Very nice. So Very nice. Very nice. Um, very nice. Okay, it is going to defend with fast and it, with its own epic scale it's going to be rolling a plus six against your result but I'm a negative one on the dice so that's a five okay so I'm going to spend a uh, eight point to bring it up to a 
been a fake point. Okay. With All right. My, what are we invoking, um... folks? What are we invoking? Folks? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah what yeah, are yeah. you invoking? I am invoking its aspect of flight. Oh, yeah, that'll help. Well, I'm invoking venom in my veins. Okay. Extra vamp action. I love it. All right. So that maintains your lead of three, of three stress. So that is bigger than its mild consequence, so it's actually going to eat up its moderate consequence. Yes! So you hurl a stalactite at it as it as it tries. No, 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 no. Oh. I whip. I hang on to a stalactite and I hurl my body into another stalactite. Okay. And that one cracks and goes crashing down upon the dragon. Mm, okay, okay, okay. So how about its moderate consequence as it tries to bank and roll out of the way the it actually the stalactite falls through its wing. So the moderate yes. consequence would be a pierced wing. Be a flesh wound. Is but a flesh wound. Okay. <laughs> so would that affect its ongoing Ooh. agility in yeah. air? So that will be an aspect which Eleanor now has one free invoke on <laughs> that she can use where makes sense. And any of you all can also invoke with your own fate points and such. So it's an, it's a weakness you can now co uh, capitalize on. So it, as the as the uh, the stalactite spears down at it, it tries to bank and roll out of the way, but the but it crashes through its wing. It screams that horrible bone chilling scream, but it is wounded. All right, Eleanor, and it is uh it is still flying through the flying through the air. We'll say it's actually over the zone of torn reality. Have we all gone? I think it's um actually to Yolux turn. It's Yolux turn. Okay. Or not doing popcorn anymore? He's the only well, he's one. Oh, okay. Let's go. I have not gone yet. Okay. Okay, Yolux. It is in the zone adjacent to you. You are on a uh, an appropriate level with it. And I it is I want to kill this. With, uh, with my bare, invisible, uh, <laughs> giant hands. Uh, but at the same time, I kind of don't want to do that. I kind of want to kill it with a, a single light blade, actually, is what I'd really rather kill it with. Which is too um, bad, because Yamakaloda is not carrying any, any blades that are giant-sized. He is absolutely carrying single light blades, though. He's at, he can pick it up with his little two fingies. I don't think that works, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Fair enough. Uh, okay. I want to um, jump off of this ledge to this downed void dragon. And, uh, yeah, and, um, yeah, rip it, rip it, uh, in twain. Okay, so given your elevation and given the jumping power, the, the epic jumping power of Yamaka Loda, sure, I am okay with you making a jump maneuver from zone to zone and making the attack, sure. 
I'm cool with that. That that scans for me. Sick. Okay. Now, uh, yeah. So so, I I I think as much as I want this attack to be fast, nope. I think it's probably brutal. Yes. So what we're gonna so yeah. you are moving, you are leaping yourself back into the southeast zone. Now the only downside with that is that reality is all yucky over there because of the breath. But you can leap onto the dragon and pound it into the ground. Yeah, I do that. Awesome. Okay. Um Okay. So and let's both a... take our we're both we're rolling with epic scale here. So let's just take it out. Okay. We are so equal a, on epic scale. I have a plus 1 on the dice. What'd you get? I have a negative 2 on the dice, which will All right. give it only here a 1 go. of defense. So your difficulty is a 1. So I've got a I I got a 1 on the dice. And a two brutal, so that's a three. Um, I, I am going to, <laughs> I'm going to invoke as many fate points as is required to kill this. Oh, one thing we kind of glossed over earlier: you made him invisible. I did make yes. him invisible. That comes with a free. You have an aspect of invisibility with a free invoke. Yes, that is, all, that is have, always how that works. We didn't I, say it. I also it. have some other free invoke. Yes, here, so, so let, I just want to make... I, I realized we forgot to call that out earlier, so you have that. Put that on your bank. Okay, so so right now we're at a three. I'm going to invoke invisible, which, is a, which puts it to a five. I'm also going to invoke... Uh, or rather, use my stunt once per... Uh, lightning wits once per scene. Uh a free invoke to an existing aspect uh, or create a new aspect. So I'm going to use the uh, the big bone aspect. Okay. I, uh, yeah. Uh, no, sorry. I'm going to create a new aspect with a free invoke. And that new aspect is going to be... Uh, Rage of the Ancient One. Needs to be something, like, in the environment. Right, well, I it does sort of recreating this old epic battle from an eternity ago, is that environment-y enough, or no? Mm, the spirit no? of the stunt is like you're, fi you're, re you're, you're, like, like, using your environment in clever, uh... creative ways. Okay, like so pound let's it just into a the... stalactite or a rock or something like that. Yeah, um, or the pierced wing that you could—that's on... already there. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, pierced wing. so Increased when the uh, when when I land on it, uh, I I pick up an adjacent. I, that doesn't really scan. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna free invoke Big Bone. Okay. Yeah, so that puts it at a seven. Okay. Um, and I guess let's start with that. Does that kill it? A seven is... And I had a... 
one on the dice. Yeah, so that's six that's a shift. Six. So that's going to be its severe consequence. Yeah, okay, that so will not kill I, it. I am going to invoke um, the uh, the aspect of the rise since I'm jumping from the rise. Do you have a fate point for that? Absolutely. Okay, I'll go. That works. That works. Okay, so yep. that's nine. How did you go from six to nine? Seven to nine. I'm on odd numbers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. So. Fate point adds two. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Bef- and so, sorry. Yeah, I was working from the net number. So we were working yeah, off so- a net of six earlier. So now that puts you in a net of eight. You're still in his severe consequence. Oh, okay. Net of six to net of eight. All right, I'm also going to uh, use a fate point to invoke um, complete dedication to the mistresses. Channeling my, after seeing what they have done to uh, overcome all of this, I am, you know, filled with inspiration to meet my mistress's needs once more. Really? All right. All right. We'll we'll go. We'll go with it. So So that that takes it to a 10. That will exceed the severe consequence. That will uh that will do it. That will do it. So you leap from the air and in the moment you make contact, the invisibility spell breaks. Because that's how invisibility spells work. And as soon as you make contact with it, Mira and Eleanor, you see this giant skeletal form. Cru- basically doing this flying tackle on the, the, on the void dragon crashing it down into the ground with this enormous mass. And from the center of the ribcage, you see stretched out, you see Yolok. And even though the giant is looking at the the dragon, Yolok, which one? Who are you looking at, Mira or Eleanor? Pick one. Mira. Mira. The giant is crashing into the dragon, but Yolok, through through the slots of the rib bones, you can see he's looking at you. And the dragon smashes into the ground. And the two of you wrestle and collide, and you slam it in again and again. And you are right next to the pool. Yolok. And the dragon is dazed and limp and totally rolling. Okay. I 
throw the dragon into the pool. The dragon's body falls into the mirror, the pool, and it slides through, and it's the weirdest thing because there's no, the surface doesn't disrupt. There's no ripples. There's no flow. It just passes through. And all instantly, the warped space that you've all been in, the, 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 that you've experienced ends. Whatever shape, whatever weird shape the space was in freezes that way. And there are some very strange rock formations and <laughs> splatterings going on around you, but they all freeze cool. and reality settles. Yolok, you are lying on your back inside the giant bones of Yamakalota next to the pool, and you hear his voice in your head. Thank you. Thank you. I feel done. The dragon's legacy is truly gone. I never understood why I was stuck here. Thank you. What is your name? My name is Yolak, and I serve Mistress Eleanor and Mistress Mira. You came to perform a difficult task. Now that I feel you, I see that it will cost you. How are you so bound to that terrible thing I tried to lock away so long ago? Why are you bound to it? Yamakalota, I don't pretend to understand these strange mysteries that we encounter. I just know that every time that I would kill with it, I would feel a portion of my own soul get dragged into the dagger as well. Ah. You fed a piece of yourself to the void and it has filled the space in you. I see. I understand. Let me help you. I have no more purpose here. I am long gone. Let me fill that space in you. Let it go. I imagine that conversation is going on sort of inside yeah in inside the thought space so all that is sort of shown to Mira and Eleanor I imagine uh is this uh this towering behemoth of Yamakalota sort of standing you staring into the mirror where the the dragon was just thrown and um 
after a brief pause, uh, Yamakaloda's skeletal hand reaches inside his own chest cavity. And even though his, you know, fingers and and his skeletal, even though his uh, skeletal fingers are massive, they are incredibly dexterous and with apparent ease and delicate gentleness um we see yolak who's still staring directly at mira but his body is calm relaxed and almost in a uh, in in a stasis inside Yamakaloda's ribcage. And we see Yamakaloda reach inside himself and draw the dagger from Yolok's side. And Yolok sort of encased safely and securely inside of his chest cavity is able to serenely accept what is happening as the skeleton of Yamakaloda takes the dagger and casts it into the mirror. The dagger falls through the air and passes seamlessly through the surface, the silver surface of the, the pool. No ripples, no splash. But as it passes through, at the point where it passed through, the whole pool sucks downward as if there was an enormous suction underneath and the whole pool disappears down through that point and disappears in a wink, a little flicker at the point where the dagger fell through and the dagger is gone and the pool is gone and the giant skeleton of Yamakalota shimmers and dissipates and the body of Yolok gently lands on the ground, and around his neck is the amulet, the mirror amulet that Yamakalota was wearing. So, Yolok, you now get to replace your aspect of In the Void with Meshkenet and all the others, and driven by the king killer, you get to take go ahead and take those aspects off and uh, replace that with the bones of Yamakalota. 
that you can call on whenever you need to. As well as a stunt that uh, with one round of, tran of transformation, you can have epic strength for the rest of the scene. And pilot your giant bone Jaeger! Hell yeah. <laughs> the dagger is gone, the pool is gone, and the bones of Yamakaloda are gone. So all of the the mercury of the pool sucked into the dagger itself, but the dagger was what we can only assume to be was destroyed by the pool. So is it just stuck in like a forever void loop of destruction? Like an Ouroboros of the pool <laughs> was in the void, but the void was destroyed by the pool and... You know, you don't really understand the physics. Maybe Yamakaloto can explain it to you over drinks someday. <laughs> you now have a pocket giant as a best friend. <laughs> I love my pocket giant. <laughs>